head is sound Tuning in for change Good day, Kind of Sound Radio is Getting to know you Getting to know all about you Getting to like you Getting to hope you like me Today we are getting to know one of our amazing presenters who's joined Kinda Sound recently and we're so happy to have her, the amazing Laura Shukra. Laura, how are Hello. you? I'm good, yeah, I'm very good, thank you. I am here, I am um, perhaps a little bit nervous, you know, because I'm going to be on the spot, but yeah, I'm happy to be here, lovely to see you, Luke. It's okay. We'll be very gentle with you. We'll oh, I, I hope so. <laughs> I'm hoping you would be. I invite you. I invite you to go quite deep, though, if you feel to. It's uh, a really wonderful uh, a way for us just to get to dive a bit deeper into who you are, because we, um, we're so excited for all your shows that are coming up. And um, Laura is an amazing coach. She helps women through menopause and perimenopause, and she also does uh, corporate trainings and goes out and, and educates these big corporations about how they can help their employees who maybe are going through these things to to take better care of them. Because I know you had some quite big challenges at one point in your life, didn't you, Laura, when you were going through this uh, yourself? I did, yes. Um, it was my own sort of perimenopause journey um, that led me to do the work that I'm doing today because I had a really kind of, um, it sort of hit me a bit like a train, really, when I think back about the sort of dreadful symptoms and stuff that I had. And at the time, I didn't know what it was. There was not so much knowledge as there seems to be now. So, um, yeah, that's why I'm passionate about raising awareness of of that, um, of perimenopause and menopause and, and the effect that it can have on women and the effect that it can have on people around them as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things with our society is we're so used to just being sick. Uh, we, we have food that makes us sick. We are in these jobs that cause us so much stress. And then oftentimes people just kind of soldier on and they don't take a moment to just think, actually, is there something really that I need to to deal with and, and look at. Uh, I certainly think that, you know, if you're not feeling great right now, there's absolutely a reason for that. And if you're in the age range, I think it's around like 40 to 60, is it, Laura, where this, these kind of symptoms can come in? Yeah, I mean, from around 40 onwards, most women will be in perimenopause. So it's when your kind of your ovaries and your reproductive system is, is basically slowing down. And so it's the diminishing um, hormones that have this... Um, can have really um, strange um, effects on us. And it, and it affects every woman differently. Every woman's journey is unique. So you will get women who kind of sail through it and, and they're very lucky. But then you'll get women who um, just become, you know, extremely depressed, get anxious, get panic attacks. There's, there's 34 symptoms of perimenopause, believe it or not, um, okay. that they link with perimenopause. And actually, um, I think it's really important that we get that awareness out there so that when women who are like maybe in their 30s are taught about it they can then recognize them recognize yeah. those 
Absolutely. And if anybody is more is curious about this, if you just want to find out more, definitely get in touch with Laura. She also offers a 30-minute uh, consultation call for anyone who thinks they might be going through the perimenopause or through menopause, and then she can give you some guidance on, on where to go. And Laura, we're going to talk a lot today about your childhood. We're going to go into some of your life story and um, and what it's been like, what's brought you here to kind of sound at this time in, in this most monumental time in our history where the whole world is is changing. And just as a, a little sneak peek for everybody, uh, Laura is a mum. She has traveled all around the world, living in a number of different places. She's been a model and still does modeling. Uh, she's also an amazing coach, like we talked about, and had a short stint as a reality TV star. Which we'll uh, dive into a little bit as well. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> and we're also going to have um, one of our uh, other amazing uh, presenters uh, on Kinda Sound called Addy, who's going to be doing Laura's birth chart and talking about her astrology. And, and I love this part of the show because. You, you know when you when you look into astrology and things there's often so many things you can take away that, that just feel right for me anyway personally i find a lot of truth in there so we'll be we'll be bringing addy on a little later as well so laura we um what has brought you to this point in your life right now where you have got this radio show on kind of sound why are you doing this why is this why is this so important to you okay so i found kind of sound through kind of village in wales um which is part of the whole um organization isn't it and, and it was when i was when i um was looking for a different way of living last year so um when i left my marriage last year I, I've always been interested in having a kind of community lifestyle and also living um, off the land more and all that sort of stuff. So I started doing digging. I love my research. And I eventually somehow came across kind of village and um, started having a look around in there and then eventually sort of um, had a conversation with Hugh and found out um, a little bit more about the organisation. And I just... I love the ethos and the fact that it's it's all about free speech. It's all about being kind to the planet and to humans, and it just sits very well with my own values, the values of of the organisation, and I, and I love that. And since I've joined, you know, all of the lovely presenters, we've all got sort of shared um, interests in that, and it makes it a really lovely um, community of of people who seem to be very supportive and beautiful people, and I really love that. We certainly are. We're a very special radio station. We uh, we have lots of meetings and and support each other, and it's really is super super beautiful. And um, yeah, that's fantastic. So, Addy, are you there? We sh are we ready to give Laura her analysis and and see how <laughs> how accurate that is? Absolutely. Um, I bet, uh, Laura, you never expected. Uh, these insights to come from the mountain in Bulgaria. No, um, I certainly didn't, Adi. <laughs> yes, Ad Adi is currently Adi is currently in Bulgaria, where she's made an amazing community, and and yeah, it's uh, really incredible what you're doing, Adi. So let's let's make Laura squirm, shall we? Let's tell her some uh, some deep truths. Yes, 
So the, the surprising thing here is that uh, you're born in July and uh, this is the, the month I, I'm born in. So uh, it's a huge pleasure for me to, to do this uh, little reading about uh, your sign of cancer. Uh, and um, it is um, unique. <laughs> it is quite unique. Um, we now all know it, you're born in July and your sign is Cancer and your element is soil, but also your element is water. Um, you have, um, how to say, a very intuitive mind and you're more influenced by the appeal to the senses, if that makes sense. It does, totally. Bang on. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not uh, like uh, you know, grab by logic. You always trust your senses. And you quite like to spend time alone, as I think you thrive in your solitude. You need to, you need to think... Um, how to say, uh, you need to think all the things very deeply and to find your own solution. You don't often trust what uh, goes around you in, you know, in the logic terms. You need to find this in your senses. And then you come up with the quite correct answers to everything. Also, which is very interesting, you often are on a spiritual quest for truth and enlightenment. Mm. Wow. Um, yes, you could be a hermit sometimes. You yes. could be a hermit sometimes, but uh, most often you have a proven ability to understand the other people's perspectives. Mm -hmm. And if you have to be um, incredibly sociable and accommodating, you will be. It doesn't mean that you will be in that hermit shell all the time but you need that space for yourself to clear your mind and to come up stronger and to come up with better solutions for the people around you because in your nature is that correct oh my god yeah it's like it's it's totally spot on you couldn't have you know there's no there's everything that you've just said there is is totally spot on so thank you for that yeah i Adi, am, I am, I am Adi, Adi is very good with her readings yeah, it's fascinating. Well, she isn't might, it? might be psychic as well. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you tend sometimes to be overprotective, but this comes just for the members of your family, for your closest ones. So I think you should be working a little bit on that. Um, overprotecting them, it does not necessarily mean that you are helping them in that way. You know what I mean? Um, sometimes because you are generally very organized person you are very organized and you're quite ambitious uh, you you have that clear mind of your goal and you're following that so sometimes you tend to overprotect in terms of um telling people what they should be doing i mean not not uh, people in your white circle but very strictly your family and your closest ones. Yeah, maybe. Um, sometimes um, your life is ranged uh, from unconventional to the bizarre. It's <laughs> ups, 
It's absolutely natural, though, because you have two numbers. Uh, your general number is number nine. This is a vast number with a lot of knowledge and completion. But then your number of your date of birth is number four. So that gives you that innate uh, talent for prophecy, for knowing what will happen exactly tomorrow. You have that feeling inside it. That's absolutely natural. It comes from, I don't know, from the universe to you straight. So this you can use to help people mm. because you have it inside. Um, oh, I love this. <laughs> Um, and often, often you live, let's say you live in your imagination, like Frida Kahlo, for example. Imagine. <laughs> you have those, um, um, you have a, a quite vivid imagination, and most of the time that gives you the answers you need at the moment. Uh, and that's really good. Um, the Chinese uh, sign, um, your sign is rooster, and uh, it suggests that you're... Um, very deep thinker, you have a quick mind. At the same time, you have a hot temper. Is that correct? I suppose, yeah, I, if, if something, I'm, I'm very sort of easygoing to a point, and then if something, if I'm very passionate about something, I can become very hot-headed, yes. You know, if something triggers me, so yes. Mm -hmm. But it takes a lot to trigger me. Yes, and also uh, you developed your habits and you love them. I mean, there are people who easily can change their habits, but for us Cancerians, once we develop a habit, uh, we kind of stick to that habit. We, we do not allow people to tell us how to move because we have that inside enlightenment that this is the right thing for us. Is that applying to you too? Yes, absolutely. And, and yeah, I'm not very easily swayed. I used to be, but now I'm more... Um more in tune with what kind of I need and what I know to be my own truth or the truth that I see. And so, yes, I, I, I can understand that. It's very interesting, isn't it? This is <laughs> it's, it's really interesting. The only one that I didn't really sort of think about was the protection of people around me, but maybe I do do that. And you know, like when you learn something and perhaps it's something that I can be aware of now and think, well, actually, yes. Maybe I yeah. And I think with my coaching, my coach training has taught me that actually um, you can't sort of tell people anymore what to do, even though you might know or think you know the best thing for them. They have to find that way themselves. Yes, absolutely. And then another very, very good thing is that you are highly adaptable to any environment, any changes that come your way. This is extremely interesting thing. And um, you are deeply motivated when you do something and when you want to achieve a goal. You do all the research, all the, the you kind of see forward all the changes that could occur and um, you come with the right solution for that. It's absolutely, you know, you don't think about it. It just comes to you. Yeah, and that's true. That's very true. Oh my goodness! It's like yeah, it's it's just ba it's bang on. You're like um, it's like you're a bit witchy and psychic, and it's kind of I love that. You know, like you're kind of knowing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just there. I don't really. I don't know. But uh, that's that's it. I suggest if you like a moonstone and rose quartz, you better wear them most of the time if you could. 
Moonstone, okay. I'm right yeah, on. the Moonstone and the Rose Quartz, they're quite good to have around and uh, they're quite helping with, you know, if sometimes you feel over- overwhelmed or, or you feel um, um, quite sensitive in a way. So these are the two stones that I can, um, how, how to say, I can recommend to you to have around. Oh, thank you. Well, that's lovely because I really love rose quartz as well. It's such a pretty stone. So perhaps I need to just get like a little necklace or something. And at the moment, I'm not wearing any rings. So maybe that's I can look out for some sort of ring with that on. Thank you. Yeah. So that's all from me for for now. And um, yes, it's a pleasure, pleasure for me to to do this. Fantastic. It's so lovely of you to do that and have a lovely day in Bulgaria. Is the weather nice? Thank, thank, thank you so much, Addy. Thank you for nailing it again. Always so accurate with your readings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Thanks, thank Addy. Bye. So, Laura, shockingly accurate? A bit, bit creepy? Really accurate, actually. You know, everything, it's just like that's me to a T, pretty much all of that. <laughs> so good. Well, now everybody knows all about you. So that's, a, that's, that's the whole point of this show. I'm just going to talk a little bit about your childhood because I know you, you had an interesting childhood and um, you, you were telling me that your childhood was actually really nice. And oh, that was, yes. was such, a, such a blessing to hear, you know, that you had a, such a wonderful childhood and I've just become a, a dad myself and I really hope my daughter one day when someone says, how was your childhood? Instead of her saying all about traumas and horrible things that happened, she says, you know, it was really nice. <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of all you want for your children, isn't it? For them to just be, you know, to feel nice and, and like they've had a happy time. I think my childhood was lovely. Um, I lived in the countryside um, for most of my childhood and my mum and my dad were both really hard workers. They came from quite... Um, um, sort of inner city backgrounds both came from Birmingham my, my dad even more so but my dad was a builder and um and my mum a hairdresser and they were both very successful in those in those trades and very good at what they did and my dad just um straight away as soon as he could he bought a plot and started building houses and then selling them on and he's just done that throughout his life in fact he's just about to build another house and he's 80 <laughs> wow. so you know this guy is just he just doesn't stop and my mum's are saying they're both kind of real grafters and she is a hairdresser and she now runs a charity shop in Mallorca um and she works really hard and um does that for nothing so she they're both very good people not together anymore um but I had a nice childhood. I remember just living in a beautiful house that we lived in a caravan while it was being done up. I remember that, and that was quite good fun. And while my dad kind of um, built this beautiful house, and it was called White Cottage, and it was in Worcestershire in the UK. And I just remember it having all fields around it and um, a beautiful wood at the back. And I remember really just myself and my sister Rachel just spending hours in the woods, you know, just off, no screens. You know, you'd be off building little houses, rummaging around in the woods and um, coming back when you were hungry, all of that sort of stuff. Which... Sounds idyllic. And I heard that you you got the best birthday present ever when you were eight years old. What, what did you get for your eighth birthday? What was the surprise? Oh, my goodness. I was so into horses and ponies and I had been away staying at my aunt's. As I came back and it was my birthday. Mum and Dad said, look out the window. And in the field outside the house was a pony. It was like the most amazing thing when your horse mad, you know, when you're that age. 
So that was like the probably the best present I've ever had ever, and I remember it. It was so beautiful, and the horse was called Blackie. It's kind of hard to top that one. <laughs> it is hard to top that one. It really is. <laughs> you set, they set the bar really high. It's funny because people say now it's quite difficult to buy you birthday present store, and I wonder if that's why. I mean, I'm sure. And um, I, I know you mentioned your mum and dad. They're they're not together anymore. Um, how how was that for you? And when, when your parents um, split up. That was tough because I was 15, so I was a teenager, and um, I remember them arguing and stuff. I'm not even sure of the timeline, but you know there was a fair amount of sort of arguments and unease in the house, and um, that has an impact on you, I think, as a child. It's, that's not um, a nice thing, but I'm a great believer that if you're not happy, that you know it's no good staying together just for your kids because I know a lot of people do that and they think that's the right thing and I think my parents did that to start with for a, for a fair while but eventually they weren't compatible and um, they, they split up when I was 15 um, but I was a teenager you know and, and kind of went a bit off the rails really. And then you ended up going to this private school in a convent right and you actually got suspended do you want to confess your sins Laura and tell everyone what you got suspended for from a convent? Oh my God, I got suspended for topless sunbathings in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> I was about 15. We went, yeah, we went to this convent and the gardener caught us. We, we got our, we had like these little sort of like yellow and white dresses, these gingham dresses. And it was like one of the hottest summers, you know, one of those real hot ones in the UK that you have very rarely. And I just said, oh, let's just take our dresses off and we can get a bit of a tan. And we were just on the tennis courts and the gardener caught us and, you know, all hell broke loose. And we were suspended and I remember my mum coming in and it was the week before the summer holidays anyway. So she was furious because all it was was an extra week off. And they said, um, this is shocking. I can't do an Irish accent, but they said, you know, this is not the French Riviera, Mrs. Shuffler. That's what, that's what Sister Mary Joseph said to my mum. And um, this is totally unacceptable. And it was just, uh, it was just, it was pretty outrageous. Sister Mary Joseph is such a good name for a nun. That is like stereotypical nun name. I like that. She was awful though. They were, a lot of the nuns were really awful. Yeah. They, if you had any kind of personality or anything about you, they wanted to knock it out of you. Not physically, although I was talking to a friend of mine who I'm, I, I'm with in the door join at the moment, who went to the same school. And she said some of the nuns were physical with her when they were in the primary school. Mm. How awful. Yep, it's a crazy system we live in and we're here to change it and uh, we're going to play uh, your first song really soon. If anyone has any questions for Laura, please do message into the studio Telegram. It's telegram.me forward slash kindasoundradio. Or if you go to our YouTube channel, make sure to subscribe. It's kindasound on YouTube, all one word. Make sure to subscribe, hit the like button. And if you write your question in the comments, we'll be able to get those through to Laura in the next section as well. So Laura, tell us about this song. It's a uh, Storch Blaze and Rhythm of Love. Why well, this we... song tell us about is... This? It's because I love dance music and I was a raver in, in the 90s. I used to just go out dancing, living for the weekends and, and partying and raving. And it was just brilliant. So this is a this is DJ who is um, a friend of mine, Storch Blaze on Facebook. And he is um, doing some really amazing dance music. And because we're trying to sort of feature people who are up and coming or need exposure, I wanted to play a really cool dance tune from him. He does some really great deep house and I love it. 
Fantastic. Well, here we are. It's Storch Blaze with Rhythm of Love, and then we'll be back for more interrogations with Laura.
Welcome back, everyone, to this Getting to Know You special with Laura Shukborough. And we have a super special guest who's joined us, which is Laura's son. Welcome, Sol. Welcome, welcome. Hello. Thank you very much. So we're going to we're going to co-host for a little bit because who could possibly know Laura better than her own son? And we've just been uh, sharing the story of how your mum got kicked out of the convent, suspended for uh, for sunbathing naked, topless. Did you know about that salt? I didn't actually. No. <gasps> but oh my not, not, god! No, I'm not. I'm not surprised. To be honest. <laughs> very much. It's very much a rally, isn't it? So, so your mum was telling me all about how uh, you know you've been traveling all over all over the place, and um, and she told me that you both featured on this television program at one point. What was what was that like? It was a, a TV show. Do you want to tell people a little bit about it, um, Laura, and then we can hear Soul side of things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, when I um. I was looking for a program for actually for Soul to appear in, you know, like a children's kind of game show or something online, because I thought it'd be a good experience for him. And then I came across this advert and it said, would you like to win a £350,000 house in, a, in an English village? And I thought, yes, I jolly well would, actually. So I ended up applying for this show. And um, I mean, we went through a massive kind of... Um, system and loads and loads of interviews and stuff to get there but eventually to cut a long story short we got um through to the finals and we were up against like thousands of families throughout the uk who went to um try and get on this show um it was obviously um something that was quite popular because it was to win this massive you know lovely house in in a yorkshire village called grassington it turned out so uh, we got through it and the, the, the show, the premise of the show was that basically it was two families went up, it was six shows long, two families went up each week to this Yorkshire village and you had to be set tasks and um, you did tasks throughout the week, you got grilled about why your reasons for were that you wanted to live there and then at the end of the week you were voted in or out by a poll from the villagers, you know, a proper poll. And so um, we went up and and basically we um got through the first round and I, I sort of dragged sol up there and everything and there was camera crews around as we couldn't have the mobile phone it was it was a very intense experience um but yeah well, i mean sol i don't know whether you want to come in now and just from that respect were your thoughts on how it was i don't know you know yeah, what was it like sol being on tv how old were you at the time sol i think i was uh either eight or nine at the time okay. so okay. yeah quite a while ago and I remember at the t time specifically that I was I wasn't happy at all to be <laughs> to be on TV or at least that kind of program um I think it was just because we had we had moved around so much even back then that I was just not comfortable with going somewhere so far as well but like this is the, probably the furthest we've gone Yorkshire um but uh yeah no it was a lot nicer than I thought thought at least the people were um, even if I didn't agree with the house, um, they were still much friendlier than I've ever seen people before, at least compared to Worcester. Okay. Um, and, and, and I think it, your mum mentioned you're at university at the moment, right? Yeah. 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 And what, what are you studying? I'm doing uh, drama and creative writing. Okay. Uh, King, Kingston Uni. This is my accommodation now. 
Okay, fantastic. So you got a taste for the actor life. Mm. That's mm. wonderful. <laughs> so interesting. I love it. And Sol, do you have any questions lined up to ask your mum that might uh, let people know a little bit more about her? Uh, While I... you're thinking about that, Sol, can I just yeah, with, with the um just that just finishing off the story about Grassington because we didn't actually win the house. I just want to say that because it's quite interesting. That, is that we didn't? It sounds like you know we we went up to Grassington, but actually what happened was we got through to the finals. Um, there was about four or five legs and some of the time Sol didn't come up with me. They didn't even want Sol to come up. I had to go up and do it on my own. They came down to our house and, you know, sent people down from Grassington to kind of poke around my house in Worcester. Um, it was very intrusive. And eventually we got through to the finals and um, I was stood on a stage and we were against a young couple from um, down south somewhere who were kind of like love's young dream, this young couple. And the votes came in and I was on this stage and it said, um, this many votes for this couple, da, 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 I don't know how many it was, 400 votes for them. And, and it was 397 votes for us. So we missed out by three votes on this 350,000 pound house. And it was like, I mean, it was, it was the biggest come down I've, I think I've ever had for anything because I put so much into it. But... And this is really, this is the really lovely thing. I loved Grassington so much and I knew that it was the place that I wanted to bring my son up for a while and it would be so good for him that we moved up there anyway. We, I took a rental house up there and ended up living on the same street as the house that I could have won and, and used to pass the winners. And we lived in a house up there, didn't we, Sol, for, for like two years and because I knew it was a good place and, and we did have a, a nice time. Well, I think we did, I, I did anyway. And I think you you got into. No, I did. Yeah, when yeah, I think there was my my emotions with the the announcements of like losing went, and then moving back, I was just like, oh. And then <laughs> so again, as we were there, as we were there, I, I got to I got to like it more definitely. So good, wonderful. So what what do you want everybody to know about your mum? What, what do you what do you think the world needs to know? Oh, okay. Um, uh, it's not not too deep, not too far. But um, how much did you, so, so mom? Uh, how much did you move, uh, like around, before I was born? Was it like a sort of similar pattern to what you've got now, or was it um, a bit more constrained or more planned? Um, that's an interesting question. So, good question. I think I've always moved around a lot because I've I've never actually owned a house and so when I was living in London and modeling and stuff I would sort of have a six-month contract here and a six-month contract here and then I'd go to Cape Town and spend time there and traveling around so I think it's just in me but you know that kind of traveling um gypsy side I don't know it's I, I can't seem to stay anywhere longer than about 18 months do we have do we have any gypsy in our family sorry part two of the question I'm not sure, maybe. We'll have to have a little dig into that, won't we, to see if we can find some gypsy. Mm. Do the heritage um, family tree thing. Yeah, we should do that. You have to spit in a cup and just pass it, pass it along, see what's up. Is that what you do? That's, I think that's what you do. So, I'd love to know, what's one of your mum's worst habits? If you were to, like, change one thing about your mum, what would that be? What would, uh... God. Uh... Luke, that's so mean. <laughs> Moving. 
either that or um i think she doesn't actually have that many it's just the ones that keep repeating that are just a bit annoying um just when i think it's just when we have uh we hardly have like real arguments ever. We have like little ones, and they're some sometimes playful, uh, or I, I sometimes like make a joke out of, you know, an awkward situation, and then I get her along with it. I think it's just when uh, uh, it goes the other way, or at least um, when, because I do it as well. I mimic um, my mom when she does this, but she usually just says an argument that's gone back on itself or repeated and then i do the same thing okay so it's just little things it's just, she's not that bad <laughs> she's not <laughs> and what's one of the I'd best what's one of the best things about your mom what's some of your mom's best qualities uh i think her uh initiative i think just how open-minded she is and i, I do like that she's a bit of an escapist as well and that comes from moving a lot and i've sort of adopted that as well so it's an interesting paradox isn't it you you, you um moved around so much that's rubbed off on you you have uh you got into the child acting as a, a very young age and now you're studying drama and i think that's that's really really beautiful do you have any more questions uh that you want to ask your mom uh do you think you prefer living in new york okay so a hypothetical question if you had uh, a camper van which you said you'd want would you prefer to uh live in france or live in spain with the camper van i think okay that, that's I think well what do you like about france laura i like the language i like the culture as much as I've seen so far. And I just like the um, the diversity. There's so much to see in France. And there's a lot of history. I love all the, you know, the beautiful buildings, towns, the cities, and then you've got a beautiful countryside. There's a lot to explore and I'm an explorer. So that's why I like France. Okay. I love it so much. Nice. Not that I speak it yet, the odd word, but I'm going to learn and it's so beautiful to listen to. <laughs> Nice. So, Sol, thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing and giving us some little insights into your mum. If you were to write like a 30 second um, little bio about your mum, just kind of telling the world about who she is, what do you think you would say? If you were just describing your mum to someone who you've just met, how would you how would you introduce her? What would you say to them? Uh, stay away. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, the worst, the worst dating uh, profile ever. Just to say, exclamation mark. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you meant three words, not thirty words. <laughs> uh, uh, I think I'd just describe her as um, she's very honest, very sort of forward with uh, what she says, uh, very clear at least with what she says and sometimes you won't understand her argument but if you give it some time then it will get to you and she'll make sure that she keeps uh saying her point in order to make you understand and hopefully get so she can understand you better that's just off the cuff i need to do a second draft but yeah <laughs> thank you laura what's it like having sol as a son is there anything you want to 
you want to say about Saul in this oh, moment? I'm very proud of Saul. He's um, I, I, every day I am very proud. He's very, you're very wise. So I say this to him. It's not like I don't already tell him this bit. He's very wise beyond his years. He's very empathetic and kind and funny and lovely. And I am so proud of the person you are, Saul. So keep going. I do get most of my sense of humor from you, actually. So, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be in the second draft. Yeah, that's in the second draft. I love that. So good. Thank you so much, Sol. And we have um, we have some questions from AJ as well, Laura. No uh, way. Sorry. It says it says who is your inspiration in life? Oh, that's a good question, AJ. Um, my inspiration in life. I haven't got one person, but I do like strong. Kind of, I like Maya Angelou. She's she's a big. Um, inspiration but strong women and people who speak their truth they're not just women but I like people who um, are very passionate about what's right and what's wrong so so, um, Abraham Lincoln you know um, Maya Angelou I'm not very good at remembering names people who are good good people who know right and wrong and are not and are happy to sort of like go full out to um, stick with it you know what I mean, and, and to and to um, not back down on what they believe in. That's why. Okay. Nice and Sol, you got very excited when I said about AJ. Is there a, is there a little story about AJ? Who's who's AJ? Oh uh, no, he's just a, he's just a good friend of mine. Ah, <clears throat> he said okay. he'd be on, and I was just fifty fifty on it. But yeah, God sees it. Okay, nice. So AJ is also of, uh, my mom as well. Ah, excellent. AJ is also asking, what's the best piece of advice you could give to anyone? The best piece of advice I could give to anyone is listen to your intuition and what your body is telling you and always trust that it's right. Nice. Nice. Great stuff. And then we have a question from uh, Shelley Kim as well. It says, Laura, what state or space or type of doing provides you with the most contentment? So what, what, what brings you contentment? When do you feel really content? I feel really content when I'm out in nature, actually, mostly. Um, either exercising, like running out in nature, or just sort of like just being still and surrounded by beauty. And that's usually um, in any kind of natural situation, that's where I feel most content. Fantastic. Great stuff. And then the final question, uh, again from AJ, it says, what are your success habits in life? Gosh, Ajay. Um, my success habits are to believe in what I'm doing and to go with that. I would say to anybody, find something that you believe in, um, because then if you're working and you're doing something that you believe in and you combine them, then actually that is a really good way of keeping motivated rather than doing a job that you think you should be doing. And success to me is being content with who I am. And at the moment, I'm very content with who I am. And that's because I am listening to my body and my intuition and also all the kind of outward signals as well that are being shown to me. Wonderful. Great stuff. So now we're going to dive deeper into your adult life, Laura, and uh, and Sol, if you haven't heard this, we might learn some, some cool things. <laughs> Feel free if you want to you chime in with anything. So you said you, uh, after you got suspended from the convent for topless sunbathing, you, uh, you, you said that you got into modelling. 
um, because you didn't want to go to college or university. You were just kind of sick of the the education system and, and them trying to uh, turn you into this person who you weren't. So then you were traveling all over the world doing different kinds of modeling. What was, what was that like, Laura? Oh, it was, it was fantastic. And actually it's something that it's one of those things that I didn't realize quite how fantastic it was until I look back on it, you know, now and just think, God, I had such a blast. And it was, um, yeah, I didn't want to go to college or uni because I just had enough of like the education system as I knew it, even though now I'm sort of an avid learner, but it's because it's stuff that I'm interested in and I'm very keen to learn, um, but not in the way I was taught. And that's really interesting how this, you know, that's the system that the school system can put you off learning. And how sad is that when that's what it's meant to be for? It's ridiculous. But modeling, yeah, I mean, I entered a competition when I was about 16. Um, got through to the finals. I think I came second or third because I entered a few competitions. And there was a modelling agency there. They gave me their card, and it kind of just spiralled from there. And and I've done it on and off ever since. But in my mid twenties, in my twenties, sorry, it was my career, and that's that's how I earned my money. That's you know I, I did really well at it. And um, I would tra- travel. I'd go on five or six trips a year. You know, travelling business class, doing TV commercials, and um, I would. Um, in the in the late 20s i i would end up in cape town for the model season over there which was like the winter here and the summer there and stay there and i was you know one of their top girls and just having a really amazing time and um meeting loads and loads of lovely people and it taught me lots of stuff you know it taught me how to create all quickly with people but it also had its downsides it made me um you know, there was insecurities that came with being turned down for castings. You know, you'd be turned down for things four or five times and you'd get one job. So it's like going to an interview and people saying no. And it's purely based on the way that I looked, and my, you know, my body shape, which has an effect on, on um, you know, my mental awareness or it did. Maybe it's, it still does a little bit, even though I'm much, much happier in my skin now than I ever have been. I had to be a certain weight and all that sort of stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can imagine it's a really tough experience when your whole career is based on the way that you look and you know having to fit into what they want. You mentioned as well when we were talking before the show about being a free spirit, and you spend a lot of time in Cape Town. I know we have lots of listeners in uh, Kind of Sound Radio from South Africa. So, um, yeah, what, what did you love about Cape Town? Oh, Cape Town's like my—it's—it's it's one of my favourite places in the whole world. I love Cape Town because it's got everything. It's got a city, it's got a beach, it's got mountains, it's got everything that I love. And also the people, I found the people there were extremely welcoming. I ended up living with people who lived in Cape Town, like sharing a place with. So I got really into the life of being a Cape Townian and um, beautiful food. And because of the exchange rate, my money, you know, used to go, I could eat like a queen really. Um, and just had the most amazing time. But interestingly now, the the only thing that doesn't sit with me if I was to go back to Cape Town now is, is the, you know, the kind of the difference in the classes. And I'm not sure I could cope with that as well now at my age than I did then, you know, the 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 very, very poor walk going past all the shanty towns out of the airport on the way to Cape Town. And then you've got Cape Town and you're in this little bubble and everybody's privileged and living this beautiful life. And then you've got kids on the streets who've got nothing to eat, you know. Yeah, 
unfortunately it's like that in so many parts of the world isn't it and i think that's a big thing we can all set an intention on to to shift and um Laura, I'm going to just share my screen now for everybody who's tuning in on the YouTube channel. If you go to the Kinder Sound YouTube channel, please do subscribe, click the like, share it with anyone who you think could use this message. We're going to share some pictures of Laura modeling, if anyone's curious <laughs> about what that might look like. So everyone should be able to see my screen if you're on the YouTube channel now. And we're just going to show off some, some, some pictures of your mum looking very glam, Sol. So here we go. This is uh, this is mum looking glam. These all oh that's nice. Is these all recent? Oh no, no they're not. <laughs> <laughs> so it's we not, have some are recent and some aren't. Oh, we have so many cool pictures. <laughs> this is really nice to see the the journey of Laura. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Wonderful. So that would be a little bit of fun for everybody. Oh, thanks. For so, so Laura, you're traveling all around the world as a model. And then when you're 30 years old, something happened, didn't it? What happened? This one happened. Soul happened. Soul happened. And oh, yeah. changed forever. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. And, and uh, yeah, then you, you uh, obviously... Uh, life changes a little bit you said you still did um, the modeling part-time but you also then uh, retrained and you started doing beauty uh, therapies and things like that yeah I retrained because I couldn't go off and just do my modeling as much and um, so yeah I retrained as a nail technician and a, and a beauty therapist and I did that I really enjoyed that massage therapist um, and I used to do that as well as modeling um, you did that you did that a lot in uh, Grassington as well when you were there didn't you yeah so I did your main job had a nice um, little salon up there, didn't I? It was a lovely mm. old building. So yeah, it's it's been good to do that. Um, a nice a nice job actually. Really lovely. Got to meet lots of nice people. It's good. Fantastic. And then you um, had some ups and downs with your your love life, and some uh, uh, you got you were married, and then uh, unfortunately that that uh, ended, and. Um, What's your what's your journey with your love life been like, Laura? Oh, it's like a roller coaster, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> um, my journey with um, my love life, gosh, um, I think because I like change, I find it very difficult to you know to stick with a relationship for for any amount of time, and that kind of eighteen months thing seems to be quite um, significant for me. So I think I. I I love being with somebody, but then I get to a stage when I, because of my free spiritedness, I tend to feel trapped. And a lot of times with the boyfriends that I've had in the past, they always are very attracted to me because of my free spirit and the way that I am. But then when they're with me, they want to change me and they want to tame me. And I'm, I'm untamable. Untamable. Um, I like that. I'm untamable. I should have used that word. <laughs> you have to use that in your description, sorry, when you're telling people about her. Third draft, third draft. <laughs> um, but obviously with every with every part of your journey there comes blessings right so I, I remember you saying about one of your marriages you um your your partner had a architecture firm and you that was what got you into coaching wasn't it yes it was um this is um Dan who I was, who I was married we were together for eight years and we marriage ended last year in September um 
And I moved from Grassington actually down to Leamington to be with him and just ended up sort of falling into working into the architecture practice, um, answering phones, et cetera, to start with. But then I, I did all the marketing and I was business development manager and became an executive director of this company and helped to build it up. And interestingly, when I got there, there was like, I think it was 10 people, there was no women. And I managed to, um, you know, recruit women. So by the time I left, it was equal, five women, five men. And I loved that. And I found that I was very good at business, which I'd never realized before. So, and so that was a really lovely experience for me that I had a really good business head on my shoulders, even though I didn't think that I had really. And, and I also realized the power of organizations looking after their staff and making sure that they are actually uh, feel feel like they're heard and if they're feeling like they're heard and their mental health is looked after then they're going to perform better and that's how I got into coaching. Yeah, it seems to be a big part of your life now this this journey of empowerment so you know first you went through the modeling and you had to empower yourself and now you uh, you learned how to do the coaching so you can empower others and now that's that's a huge part of your life isn't it helping these women who are going through their the perimenopause and through menopause and helping these corporations. I, I love seeing how that that transition has happened. So Laura, we're almost at the end of this this show. It's been really nice to to dive in with you. I just would love for you just to take a, a minute or so just to tell the world what the future holds. What are we calling in for Laura Shupra? What do we Ooh, what are we manifesting? We're manifesting I'd like to own my own house. So at the moment I'm manifesting um getting my business to be at a stage where I can earn a good income from it and be able to buy myself a small house. I mean, if I had it on, a, I've got my vision board, which I've got a wooden house with um, a veranda around it, just a small place, nothing fancy. But if, I, if money was no object and um, I had somebody probably to do it with, I'd love to buy a chateau and do it up and have like um, a horse sanctuary on it. That would be like, you know, like that would be kind of like the massive dream if, if if everything was possible but everything is possible laura well yes even i should know that shouldn't i everything know? is possible everything is possible so i'm putting it out there i want a chateau and a horse sanctuary somebody wants to give me one or help me get one <laughs> absolutely we'll all help you manifest that for sure um everyone who uh, is tuning in i hope you enjoyed this let us know in the comments how you found it and um, if you have any more questions for Laura, you can always comment below in the YouTube video and we'll sure, be sure to get back to you there. And if you are experiencing the symptoms of the perimenopause or you're, you're between that 40 and 60 age as a woman and you just want to check in with Laura, she offers these 30-minute consultations and, and definitely take that up. How do people get in touch with you, Laura, if they want to find out more? Yeah, it's um, marvelousmidlife.co.uk and all I'm on Marvelous Midlife on Instagram. Follow me there. I've got you know a really nice grid on there and my journey's on there and everything. And I'd love to help you. Anybody who is just feeling like they um, are living a life that's not filled with joy or not living your greatest life, you can live your greatest life and I can help you do it. It's a great little saying. You can live your greatest life, everybody. Uh, it's so great. And Saul, thank you for joining us. Laurie, you picked one last song to end with. Do you want to tell people a little bit about this song? Seasons in the Sun is the song I'd like to have played at my funeral. I know it sounds a little bit morbid, but everybody's going to die at some point. And I just want, I love this song. It's just, um, it always brings a little tear to my eye and it just makes me, I love it. It's just got like um, an old song that makes me happy. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you, Saul. Thank you, everybody, for who helped and um, for your questions you put in. And we are going to end this getting to know you with Terry Jack's Seasons in the Sun. Thanks, Luke. Goodbye to you, my trusted friend. We've known each other since we were nine or ten. Together we've climbed hills and trees Learned of love and ABC Skinned our hearts and skinned our knees Goodbye my friend, it's hard to die When all the birds are singing in the sky Now that the spring is in the air Pretty girls are everywhere of me and I'll be there. We had joy, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun, but the hills that we climbed were just seasons out of time. Goodbye, Papa, please pray for me. I was the black sheep of the family. You tried to teach me right from wrong. Much wine and too much song Wonder how I got along Goodbye, Papa, it's hard to die When all the birds are singing in the sky Now that the spring is in the air Little children everywhere When you see them, I'll be there We had joy, we had fun Seasons in the sun But the wine and the song Like the seasons have all gone We had joy, we had fun We had seasons in the sun But the wine and the song Like the seasons have all gone Goodbye Michelle, my little one You gave me love and helped me find the sun Every time that I was down You would always come around And get my feet back on the ground Goodbye Michelle, it's hard to die When all the birds are singing in the sky Now that the spring is in the air With the flowers everywhere that we could both be there We had joy, we had fun We had seasons in the sun But the stars we could reach Were just starfish on the beach We had joy, we had fun We had seasons in the sun But the stars we could reach Were just starfish on the beach We had joy, we had fun We had seasons in the sun But the wine and the song Seasons have all gone